This is episode 59 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today we will be talking about missions and marriage with Rachel Ampon. Welcome to the Christian Travelers Network, where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Hey, Christian Travelers. I am so glad that you are here. We have a special guest. Not only is it awesome that she's going to be sharing a little bit about Ghana with us, but as many of you may have listened to some of my journal entries from my time in Ghana, she was actually there um, during that time, and she was serving and doing missions. And so God's kind of reconnected us, and she's going to be talking a little bit about that and other things. So I hope that you stick around. Uh, But before we dive into that, I want to once again point you to our website, christiantravelers.net. There you will find other podcasts, faith and travel resources, uh, and some links to our Facebook and Instagram where we have other faith discussions. So without further ado, Rachel was born and raised in Minnesota and is married to a super awesome Ghanaian man. As a result, she calls both Minnesota and Ghana home. Rachel is a Christ follower seeking his leading, knowing that it will be far better than anything she could dream up on her own. Hey, Rachel, how's it going? Hey, good. How are you? I am doing well. It is so cool how we have reconnected. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. As you mentioned, I born I am born and raised in Minnesota. I'm currently, well, I'm now married to um, um, a man from Ghana that I met while I was um, doing mission work there. Um, I currently work for a Christian nonprofit in the Twin Cities of Minnesota and love my job. Um, I work in development for that nonprofit. Um, and yeah, just kind of living life here (laughs) doing this and that (laughs) yeah so um how did you get involved in missions or end up in Ghana in the first place yeah so um kind of I'll try to be somewhat concise with that (laughs) um so I first went on a short-term mission trip um, with a group from my church back in 2012 um not to Ghana but to Guinea in West Africa Uh, There were some missionaries that were living and working in Guinea at the time, and they had visited, on a trip back to the U.S., they had visited my church and kind of shared about what they were doing there. Within that next year after they had visited, an opportunity came up for a group from our church to go um, and serve with them in Guinea um, doing eyeglass clinics. And so right away, I just like felt this immediate like you're going like just like God was like yep you're gonna go on this trip and so um so yeah in August of 2012 I traveled to Guinea on that trip with a group from my church including my mom my dad and my brother and um I like instantly fell in love with it there and just the stuff that we were doing and the people that we met and that was my first trip to Africa and I was just like why have I never been here before (laughs) this is amazing and um so while I was there, though, these missionaries that we were staying with, um, they were like, hey, you know, we are actually looking for a couple of people to come and live here for a couple of years with us and teach English as a foreign language um, to the people in our community. Um, so Guinea is, um, is French speaking and then their other local languages. And so they were like, we 
want a couple people to come teach English to kind of um, like get to know people in our community. And it's also a predominantly Muslim area. And so they wanted to have people come and teach English and build relationships in the hopes of sharing the gospel with them too. So I was like, um, I think I would like to do that. <laughs> and so um, I came home from that trip and like immediately started looking into it um, and kind of started, got in touch with the organization. It was the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod um, and got in touch with them and kind of started the process for becoming, uh, I guess they, they called us um, Globally Engaged in Outreach Geo Missionaries. And so I started that process over the next year, and I guess I was approved to become a missionary and go back to um, to Guinea to teach English. So I got my TEFL certification and stuff like that and started fundraising and um, went to missionary training in St. Louis. And I was all set getting ready to go back to Guinea to live with these missionaries that I had met the year prior. However, they, so I was, it was like the last couple of months leading up to when I was supposed to go and they had some health related issues pop up that required them to return to the U S and so, um, that door kind of closed. And so I was kind of like, Oh, well now what? <laughs> I was all ready to go. And, um, so the organization kind of said, well, let's just, we're going to kind of reevaluate and see what other opportunities there are for you. And so, um, so a few months later, they kind of said, okay, well, we have this new opportunity for you in Ghana. Would you, you know, pray about it and then let us know if that's something you'd be interested in. And it was going to be, you know, Ghana is English speaking, so it wouldn't be to teach English. And so I was kind of like, well, what am I going to do there? You know, this is totally different than what I was expecting. And mm -hmm. um, so I prayed about it and it was, so it was supposed to be to go and live and work at this church and school. And I was like, okay, you know, I still feel like this is, God is saying like, you know, this is different than what you expected, but this is the plan. And so I accepted and that's how I ended up in Ghana. That's really amazing. And then we kind of talked about this earlier, but I came for a short time and you were teaching Bible classes there. Yes. 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 So tell us a little bit about what some of your responsibilities ended up looking like. Sure. So um, I went there um, with, an, uh, with a ministry partner, and she and I, so we lived on the compound where the church and school were. There was a mission house there, so we lived in that house, and um, we taught the Bible class at the school. Um, the school had preschoolers through sixth graders, so we taught the Bible class for the, like, first graders through sixth graders. So that was, yeah, that was our main role at the school. And just getting to know the kids and then going to visit their families and um, like after school and stuff like that and just kind of connecting with them. And then also um, working with the church to kind of do some community outreach in the in the area. Um, and yeah, so we just kind of were developing relationships and just a lot of times I felt like we were just helping out like where the church needed help or where the school needed help um, and not not like we were experts or anything, but just like, just extra things that they were like, oh, we want to do this. And we'd be like, okay, let's see what we can do about it. And um, so yeah, that's mainly what we were doing there. Very nice. How, what are some of the things culturally or are some of the unique things that you remember about Ghana? 
something that really sticks out a lot for me still to this day that I think about all the time and that's kind of like changed my perspective just in my everyday life is um, just like how um, like transparent they are with their faith. People just walk around saying, you know, like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow, God willing. And like, that was, I mean, that's not a foreign thing to me that like, you know, things are based on God's will, but like, I just had to hear everyone around you, like address God all the time or to just so openly talk about their faith and about God. And I'm sure you experienced or you saw this as well. Just like there are Christian phrases or like phrases about God or, you know, all over the place. Like, like I remember seeing a sign for like a hair salon and it was the good shepherd hair salon (laughs) or like a restaurant that's like, God is good rice like there's things like that that you would like never see in the states and I was just like wow that's so cool that they're so like open about their faith and um and then and willing to talk about it too not just like seeing phrases up here and there but um like you can pretty much talk to anybody about their faith and they'll they're willing to like strike up a conversation with you um yeah so that's something that has really just like shaped my worldview now too just like how I approach things or how I look at things um just always remembering like no like whatever you're doing it's god willing yeah (laughs) yeah I I remember that like just the like god bless you bumper stickers and it being plastered on all the signs and I think the sign the saying janame Mm -hmm. yeah janame yeah, what does that mean again? Yeah, it's like basically like God is sovereign. So yeah, that's yeah. another great that's like a national symbol that it, you see everywhere there and it's just like wow, how cool that like something like God is sovereign. Yes, absolutely. You know, and to just see that everywhere then it's like wow. That's just that's really cool. Yeah. It isn't a taboo topic, which is exactly, so different because, yeah. like, we have, like, in God We Trust yeah. um, on printed on everything, but it isn't, mm-hmm. like, a part of our culture, whereas there sure. it definitely mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to kind of pass the baton to you. What are some things that you would like to talk to or specific you want to address? Something monumental that has come out of, like, my experience there. And, I mean, even going back to my very first mission trip to Africa. On that mission trip to Guinea, when we first arrived at the missionary's house um, where we were staying, they had laid out Bible verses on each of our beds for us um, that were totally random. You know, they didn't know who was going to be sleeping in which bed, whatever, you know. Um, And the verse that was on my pillow was one that I had already, like, in preparation for this trip that had kind of, like, come to the surface for me and then I got there and I was like oh my goodness this verse is on my pillow like on the <laughs> random bed that I chose to sleep on and and it's um Ephesians 3 20 and 21 now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever amen and that's kind of that verse has kind of been like this theme in my life ever since then and just like through this whole journey and um because there have been so many 
instances like throughout this journey where like I thought things were supposed to go one way um, but then they didn't and they went a totally different way but now looking back it's like wow that was all God's plan and it was so much better and it was so much more than I could have imagined on my own I mean like when I first found out that I was going to Ghana instead of Guinea I was kind of like so it was for a year initially and I was like okay you know I don't I don't know anybody there I don't even know the person that I'm like I don't know the people that I'm going to serve with I haven't been there I I'm you know I was nervous I had no idea what I was getting myself into and I remember just being like okay it's just for a year I just have to go and then I get you know get through a year and then I can come home and I'll just move on like (laughs) and (laughs) I remember my mom telling me she was just like oh you know that you'll you'll get there and you'll meet all these amazing people and you'll be like I don't ever want to come home and I was like no I don't think so I just need to like get through this year and (laughs) and like within you know my first few months into my time there I was just like wow, I really love it here. And like, I'm meeting so many cool people. And then like, after that first year, we had to come home, um, like at Christmas time, because our visas were only good for a year. So we had to come back to the States to renew our visas. And, um, and I remember just like, crying when I had to leave to come home knowing that I was coming back but like just like oh I have to leave these people like all my friends and all these wonderful people here for like what one or two months however long it was going to take and um but then like that reunion when we came back after Christmas was like so amazing and so wonderful and I was like yes I get to be here for another whole year and (laughs) and then of course when that time ended and it was like time to like come back to the states permanently that was harder than ever um because by then you know we had forged these super strong relationships with the people that not only like people we were meeting in the community but like the people that we were living with i mean we were doing life I mean, we were only two americans living in the middle of this like community of all local people and so we really were like doing life right along with them and they were just so gracious and like including us in their lives and just in their community and in their culture and um so yeah just like thinking back to that and like okay so all along God had this really great plan that I had no idea about like I Ghana wasn't on my radar before (laughs) before (laughs) this and so and then to think to now look back and think of like all the wonderful things that have come out of it like I have all these incredible like long-standing relationships friendships with people back there even to this day like I there's people I talk to every day there and um and hello I got a husband out of it (laughs) I never could have imagined that I would meet my future husband there and um yeah so just like and then obviously like lots of little things that happened while we were living there but um but yeah some like really big life-changing things that it's like this is so far beyond like anything I could have dreamt up on my own or you know anything I could have imagined on my own God is so good (laughs) all the time (laughs) yes Um, (laughs) yes it's so cool I feel like a lot of travelers or missionaries say like I had this one plan and God switched it around (laughs) and yet it turned out even better Mm mm-hmm So in terms of like, if someone else would want to look into doing missions, what advice would you give to them? Yeah, um, well, I would say 
I mean, I, I found it very beneficial to go like on a short term trip first, I guess, or I mean, not that you have to, but I mean, that's obviously what launched me into, into it. And, but you know, God works all different kinds of plans over people, but um, (laughs) yeah, just, I guess like my advice would just be to like pray about it a lot and be open to whatever God is wanting to do through you. Um, I remember a pastor that I had at the time when I was preparing to go, actually it was my pastor's wife that said, um, you know, it's not about what we are going to do. Like we on our own can't do anything. And like, you know, we're, there's no point in us doing any of this work that we think we're set out to do, but it's what God is doing through us. Like he takes us on the journey. It's nothing that we're doing on our own, but, um, he takes us and just allows us it's it's a privilege to be able to be a part of his mission and this journey that he's just allowing us to come along or coming on the ride for whatever you know um so yeah I guess and I mean there's so many different organizations and opportunities out there um yeah you just kind of have to do your research keep an eye open um and yeah overall just pray, pray, pray about it and see where God wants to use you. I mean, I'm still doing that now. I've been back in the States for goodness, almost five years. And I'm still like, okay, God, like, do you want to take me somewhere next? Or like, do you want me to go back to Ghana? Do you want me to stay here? Do you, you know, like, um, yeah. And just, yeah, just being patient. Um, that's something I'm definitely learning all the time is patience <laughs> in God's plan. And just knowing that, um, He's got it worked out and he knows exactly what's going to happen and we just have to trust him. How long did you end up serving in Ghana? So I was there for about two years for, um, yeah, for most of 2014 and 2015. And during that time you met your husband? Yes. Um, Yeah. So he was a longtime member at um, All Saints Lutheran Church where we were living (laughs) and serving. Um, Yeah. So I met him pretty early on in my time there and, um, he was just one of, I mean, there were so many, there's so many young people there and there were so many people like my age and that I just connected with and became really good friends with. And I mean, still am to this day. And one of them um, turned into more than just friends. <laughs> and so we developed a relationship over the next few years and um, yeah, and now we're married today. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah. What were some of the cultural challenges, maybe, of initiating that relationship? Yeah, um, it's a great question. I mean, there's tons of cultural stuff that still comes up even today. But um, I think just, like, we... So there's such a friendly, open culture. um, Mm -hmm. And so, like, just easygoing, laid-back, flexible. And, like, here in the States, I feel like we're so you know, we're on a time schedule and, you know, we have our plans and this is what we're going to do. And um, so, I mean, this, not just for our relationship, but just in general, like learning to um, adapt to all of that. And, um, and just, and then I guess for our relationship, like we just had such different upbringings, obviously me here in the States and him in Ghana. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, just like he grew up in a, in a village, um, and you know it was running around 
like <laughs> playing in rivers and <laughs> on farms and like totally different than my upbringing. You know, I grew up in, I mean, a wonderful Christian family, but I went to a um, small private Christian school here in Minnesota and just, I mean, I have a big family. So I guess, you know, we kind of had that, you know, similarity, but, um, but yeah, very just, it's, it's still like, we're still finding things all the time where we're like, oh, that happened in your life as a child and, like, <laughs> and just like disciplines totally different. Um, but it's been really beautiful too, to like meld the two together as we continue to learn even more about each other's cultures. Cause he's here in the States now, obviously. And um, so for him too, just learning how we operate here and how things go here. And um, yeah, so there are so many things I feel like it's hard to pinpoint. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really awesome though, that you get to bring those two cultures together in your family. Yeah. Yeah. For him, what has been one of like the, uh, and I guess for you as well, um, but we'll, maybe we'll address his first. Uh, what has been one of the biggest uh, challenges for him coming to the States and moving here? Um, I think kind of, I don't know if this is the right word to use, but like the isolation like, I feel like in the States, we're so um, oftentimes, like, to ourselves, you know, we have our own houses, we're kind of closed inside our own houses, I mean, especially now, but even outside of the current state of things, um, we're just so, like, life is so individual, you know, like, individual families, individual people, mm -hmm. whereas in Ghana, it's so, like, it's so community-based, um, and, like, I mean, families aren't just like like immediate family units there I mean mm -hmm. like people I, I was uh, finding out all the time like people that I thought were family members with each other they were like oh no we're not related at all we're just like we call each other family or I call this person my mom but they're not really my mom and you know so like <laughs> everyone's just so like open with each other and um, so I think that's probably been the biggest difference for him coming here is that um like, you don't just know everyone in your neighborhood, whereas there it was like, I mean, any anytime I was with him, it's like, everyone knows who he is. They're all saying hi to him. And I was always just like, how do you know everybody? <laughs> and he's like, well, you're just like out in the bud all the time. Everyone knows everybody. And so, yeah. When you came back to the States, do uh, oftentimes you hear about like the, it's almost like a cultural transition coming back to your own home. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, I, it was very a very tough transition for me, as I think it is for many people. Um, I just, I felt so displaced from American culture. And, you know, even with like friends and family, I was excited to see them, but I just felt so like, you know, their, their lives keep moving forward. And my life kept moving forward just in two, like totally different places in different directions. Um, you know, I'd been immersed in this different culture where things are so community based. And then I come back to the US and I was like back with my family, just at home, you know, or <laughs> wherever we were, it was just like, it just felt so, so different. And I remember feeling lonely. I mean, even though I was surrounded by family and friends coming back, it just, you just felt like awkward almost. <laughs> like you didn't know what to talk about because like you haven't really had 
anything the same in your lives for the past however long it was. And yeah, I just got so used to living one way and then to suddenly come back and immerse myself in this other culture that was like home culture to me, but totally did not feel like home culture. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was hard. And I, I spent several months um, like just adjusting and trying to work through all the things I was feeling and <laughs> um, yeah, it, it took, a, it took quite a while for me to really feel com- comfortable again. Um, and then, I mean, I did have the added thing of, I had this man back in Ghana that <laughs> I was missing terribly and didn't know when I was going to see him again. And so, yeah, so it was really hard, but I had such I have to like say that I had such a strong, like wonderful church community that like they were so amazing that like rallied around me when I went and while I was there and when I came home and they were wonderful and just like letting you talk or talking with you, asking questions. And while sometimes it was like hard and I didn't know what to say to them all the time, like they were just there and people were so gracious and just, um, kind of letting you adjust on your own time and so I'm really thankful for those people that I had in my life um, at that time to kind of help me adjust back and then obviously my family was great too <laughs> yeah um, but yeah so it's definitely hard though so would you say like if someone uh, has a missionary friend who comes home like a uh, support system would look like someone just asking questions about their time helping them process or what would be a one one thing they could do that would be beneficial yeah um I yeah definitely like I I loved sharing about my life in Ghana and just because it was so different and I mean obviously it was like everything to me at the time so it it definitely helped when people would just be like I want to hear about your trip and so um you know there's people say there's like the when people ask like how was your trip? And well, first of all, people would say, how was your trip? And I was like, it wasn't exactly, it didn't feel like a trip. (laughs) I was there for a while. It kind of felt like I lived there. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, um, I had heard people say like, people are either going to want the 30 second answer, the three minute answer, the 30, 30 minute answer, or the three hour answer, you know, like people are either going to want you to just say, oh, it was great. And they're like, okay, cool. And they want to move on. Or like some people want to hear a little bit more or some people want to like actually sit down with you and hear stories or see pictures like I loved sharing pictures and telling people like oh this is my friend so-and-so and and this is my friend so-and-so and and they were awesome and you know (laughs) and these are some of the things that we did together and um so I loved actually sitting down with people and talking about those things and people that were actually interested in seeing photos and hearing stories and and obviously like not everyone needs to be like that but it did help when there were people that were there that really wanted to know those things and would take the time to just like let you kind of rehash those stories it just helped with the adjustment of being back so it wasn't like suddenly you're back in this culture and like you you just gotta go forward you know it was like kind of it just eased the transition Well, one of the questions that I always love to ask our guests is what has been the biggest God moment in all of your travels? Oh, goodness. Um, Well, there have been many. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess a more somewhat recent story. Um, 
of just an example of something that like a time where I was very anxious and God totally just like blew my anxiety out of the water just like (laughs) you know he took care of it all so when I was traveling back to Ghana in December of 2018 that's I was going to get married and um so I had to renew my passport like short like just before that trip um because it was going to expire and so I was like oh I just got to get my new passport and then I'll be good to go I still my visa is still good and um so I got the new passport And then it was like a couple days before uh, my parents and I were leaving to go back. And I, so I had my new passport and then I was like, oh, but my visa is in my old passport, but it's still valid. But I should just check and make sure like you can bring two passports, right? I'm not sure. And so, you know, I start going on the internet and looking like, can you use a valid visa and an old passport and bring your new passport too? And I just, I don't know why I just started like, worrying about that and so I was like scouring the internet and I kept seeing so many things that were like no it's not okay it has to be a current visa in a current passport it can't be you can't have two or whatever and I was like oh my goodness like I'm going to get married and I have no time to get a new visa in my new passport and (laughs) I was like they're not gonna let me in (laughs) what's gonna happen I'm like it was too late to do anything about it so we were like okay well let's just go and see what happens and like my so of course my worst nightmare starts like playing through my head like I'm gonna get to the border and they're gonna be like nope sorry you can't come and like, you can't get married then. <laughs> and so that whole like that travel was like so like anxiety filled I remember just like praying almost the whole time it was like a 24-hour trip (laughs) I was just like constantly praying and like just like reading scripture trying to like (laughs) like make myself feel like at peace and just being like God please let this work out and so I was so anxious and so worried and then we get to the airport in Accra and I'm it's my turn to go up to the immigration officer at the border control and um So I walk up and I was just like, okay, I'm just going to hand him both passports and just not say anything. Just, you know, like just say my visa's in this one. Here's my current passport. And so he started asking me questions like, okay, what are you doing in Ghana? And so I was like, well, I'm actually here to get married. And he was just like, oh, what? This is wonderful. (laughs) And he was like, he was just like, oh, where, like, where are you getting married? Am I invited? Oh my goodness, this is the best thing ever. And like that, like the immigration officer is the one that like stamps your passport and says like, okay, they write in like, you have this many days that you're allowed to stay in the country for whatever. And he was like, I'm going to give you double the amount of time that we give everyone because this is just such a wonderful thing. And what a celebration. (laughs) I was like, this could not have turned out better. This was the nicest man. Like I probably got the nicest immigration officer in the whole place. (laughs) I was just like wow god okay so (laughs) all that worrying for nothing and like but just yes I don't know that's just like something that came to mind of like wow god is so good and like places the right people in your path at the right time and he just he's so good and he he's celebrating with us and obviously this was a time to be celebrating I was getting married and god wasn't gonna just let that all fall apart (laughs) yes yes oh my goodness that is 
that had to be very stressful but what (laughs) what a blessing to get that kind of connection right then yeah okay now I'm incredibly curious what did your wedding look like in Ghana and like how did your family I'm getting married in a few weeks and so (laughs) yes so what did that look like in your family coming how did they feel about that are you willing to share yeah absolutely it was, yeah, it was so much fun and definitely an experience unlike anything I could have imagined <laughs> happening in my life. Um, yeah, so my, my parents had um, come to visit me when I was living in Ghana back in 2015. So they had actually met my husband then. And so so they, you know, they were very supportive and everything. So they were the only two of my family members that were able to come with. And, you know, it's an expensive trip and Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah, it was definitely an experience. I was dressed like for, okay. So really I, we just had the engagement, what we call the engagement ceremony in Ghana. And then we actually got legally married back in the U S. Um, that's how we had to do it for immigration stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. but, um, but yeah, we wanted to be able to have a, um, a celebration in Ghana and then also in the U S so that we could celebrate with our family and friends there And so, um, yeah, so the engagement ceremony is like, traditionally, the, it's like the male has to come to the female's like family home and he brings these gifts, but the female's family has given him a list of like all, like kind of like a bride price, like all these things that they expect for him to bring so that he can ask to be married to their daughter. (laughs) And so... (laughs) Um, obviously that looked a little different for us, but, um, but it was cool because we did have our ceremony on the compound of all saints and that's, and I got ready in the house that I, I got ready for the day in the house that I lived in at the time. So it was kind of like he was coming to my home, which he also lived in the area, but, (laughs) um, so, uh, yeah, so the male then comes to the female's family home and, it, they say he comes knocking and he asks the, he meets with the parents and he asks them um, like, okay, I brought all these things that you required of me. Can I marry your daughter? And then they decide then, and they are like, okay, like, you know, they go through the gifts and decide if they're going to accept it or not. <laughs> and um, So we have, and then you have like family, what would you call them? Like family representatives. And so I had um, this couple from the church there. They were my, like Ghanaian parents that represented me along with my parents. And then he had his family and a friend of his represent him. And so we kind of, you're set up under tents, but the bride doesn't come out for quite a while. Um, there's kind of a lot of, there's just a lot of back and forth dialogue. Um, mm-hmm. Just It's just like what they do traditionally. And then, um, yeah, if the parents agree that yes, their daughter can marry the man, then finally the woman comes out and it's like this big processional and all these people I was dressed like an African queen and like <laughs> 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 um they had done like my hair and my makeup and like I was wrapped with this beautiful kente cloth, which is this traditional cloth that they have there for all kinds of celebrations and things. And um yeah, so it was a lot of fun. You kind of come out dancing, and then there's a lot more dialogue back and forth, and they show me the gifts and say, "Should like, do you accept 
these gifts and like should you should we allow this man to marry you and and I say yes (laughs) yeah and then um yeah then it's kind of just like it's kind of like a reception after that um so I had this other dress made out of kente cloth that I went and changed into and then um yeah then there's kind of there's dancing and there was um the pastor there read some scripture and we prayed and he kind of gave a little message and yeah it was it was really beautiful and um very hot that day but (laughs) (laughs) we were all sweating quite a bit but but yeah it was such a fun experience and I mean definitely like I said something I never expected to have happened in my life but I'm so thankful that it did (laughs) yeah um what gifts did he end up doing then and like did your parents have to practice with their like responses to know the dialogue (laughs) not really I mean they so my parents didn't actually come up with a list because they were like well this is totally foreign to us we don't know like what do you what do you ask him for and so um my I guess Ghanaian parents kind of like acted on their behalf and um did most of they did all the dialogue really because they did it in tree like the local language there but then we had like English translation and stuff so everyone knew what was going on um but yeah so the gifts were traditionally you give like cloth so because cloth is such a big deal there they have beautiful cloth in West Africa and um so he gives a lot of cloth to the mother um and the father and then usually there's like a monetary gift um there's I mean it can be anything like they can ask for anything <laughs> they have to just be able to provide it but but yeah so the gifts were like a lot of cloth like there was a bible and um just like some beautiful like carved bowls and different things like that so um yeah obviously we weren't going to ask for anything crazy I mean we kind he and I kind of just agreed like okay we'll just do these things you know just just to go with the tradition but yeah I was just gonna say and a suitcase that's like another traditional thing like he buys a suitcase for the bride so that she can travel I don't know interesting (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so when you guys got married in the states was his family able to come out unfortunately no um yeah, it was we it was too hard to get the visas and things like that that they would have needed. So, um yeah, so unfortunately they weren't able to join us for that, but um we did take video and things like that um so that they can at least watch and be a part of it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, Rachel, I have really enjoyed having you on the podcast. This has been very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's been a lot of fun talking with you. (laughs) I have learned a lot, and uh, it's fun how conversation, uh, we start talking about missions, but I think I learned a lot also about marriage and the cultural differences in that, too. So, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, how can our listeners connect with you outside of this podcast? Yeah, um, you can find me on Facebook at Rachel Ampong. Or um, on Instagram, my Instagram handle is teeny tiny Rachel. I'm quite short in stature, so that's just <laughs> what someone called me a long time ago. <laughs> so that's my Instagram name, teeny tiny Rachel. So that's where you can connect with me. <laughs> awesome. I'll make sure to put the links in the description below. And uh, 
Christian travelers, I hope you have enjoyed today's episode. And until next time, safe travels and God bless.